Man, intros are like the most awkward thing in the world. Like, what am I supposed to say here? Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Mr. Adam X, and you're listening to The Pursuit on the Autobahns Network. Or, <laughs> what's up, homies? It's Mr. Adam X, and you're listening to The Pursuit podcast on the Autobahns Network. I don't know. I just want to say hi. How's everyone doing? How's everyone feeling? I hope you're feeling well. I'm feeling great. The sun is setting. I'm recording a podcast outside. I'm listening to some birds. My guest this week is so fire, and I can't wait to tell you who it is. But before I tell you who it is, I've got to talk about the sponsor of this podcast, Sierra Nevada. Summer is the time to get outside and chase adventure. Go here, try that, and crush those summer pursuits. Sierra Nevada fuels all your summer adventures and is the official beer of camping. And let's not forget, Sierra Nevada is sponsoring a Go Summer Contest. Win a epic outdoor adventure. Ready to have your best summer ever? Tag a photo of your best hashtag Go Summer moment and you could win an epic outdoor adventure and some amazing swag. Just tag at Sierra Nevada in your post with hashtag Go Summer. Must be 21 and over to enter. And like always, if you're listening to this on iTunes, please like, subscribe, review, tag us on Instagram posts, tell us what you like, what you don't like. Jabber's more of the Instagrammer. I'm behind the scenes on the Instagram. You might see me sliding into some DMs. I usually put my name in parentheses so people know who we're talking to, but there's two Adams. We both have dumb hair. And, you know, tell us what you think of this show because we really enjoy it and we hope you guys enjoy it. And the more we know, the better, the more sponsors we can get and, the you know, the more episodes we can put out. So leave a review, let us know what you think, and like and subscribe. Okay, now to talk about my guest. My guest this week is a stunt double, a stunt show rider, a mountain biker, a pro motocross rider. They own a company called Moto Fit Club with a couple friends, which is training for mountain biking and dirt biking. And she is also a monster truck driver, people. Brittany Marcotte is the official monster truck driver of the zombie car or truck, I guess it is. I'm just having badass women on this show because I think when I say those things like stunt rider and pro motocrosser, we assume him and she breaks all those molds. She's a better rider than you. She's funner than you. She's louder than you. She's faster than you. And she is a fucking badass. Uh, Brittany Mercat, thank you so much for being on the show. This episode rules, and I say that about all episodes, because why would I bring someone boring on the show? Um, yeah, I don't know. This I'm stoked on this, and I hope you guys are stoked. Please like, please review, please subscribe. Open up a cold Sierra Nevada, sit back, relax. Episode 17. All right. Uh, my name is Brittany Marka, and uh, I'm a professional Monster Jam truck driver, uh, a professional stunt woman, and... Uh, an ex-professional motocross racer. And I say ex-professional because I don't necessarily race professionally anymore. Um, now I just go out there for fun and, and uh, show up at the practice tracks and try to beat all the, uh, all the old guys. So <laughs> Do you still hold your pro card. Um, I had it. I don't, I technically don't pay for it anymore. So 
technically no, but I like to still consider myself pro. <laughs> At least a local pro, I'll say that. Yeah, you could ride <laughs> at that level. Well, close to that level if you had to. Yeah, totally, totally. How does one become a monster truck driver? <laughs> you know, what's funny is that's everyone's favorite question because it's true. It's like, how do you get to a point in your life where all of a sudden you're in a monster jam truck? You know, it's like, I even think that too. I'm like, how did I, how did I get here? <laughs> um, and uh, so I actually... We'll back up. In 2014, uh, I joined a, a traveling stunt show, um, and I was hired through to get this uh, uh, stunt show pretty much from my riding background. Um, the same company that produces it is Feld Entertainment, which they produce Supercross, Disney on Ice, um, and Monster Jam. <clears throat> Excuse me. So for five years, I traveled the world pretty much doing motorcycle stunts in this in this stunt show. And so when my time was done with that stunt show in about 2019, um, they came to me and they're like, hey, you should audition to drive for Monster Jam. And I, I was kind of like, mm, you know, I, I can't really say no to auditioning. You know, I kind of wanted to be done touring because touring was like full time. We would go from city to city, um, every single weekend, lived out of a bag, the whole nine, you know? Um, and I was never home and I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I want to tour anymore. I kind of want to be home a little bit. So I was a little hesitant, but again, how could you say no to auditioning? Like the audition process is literally like, they fly you to Florida where the, the Feld headquarters is and they put you in a truck and they pretty much have you do super basic stuff. Um, obviously starting the truck, doing figure eights, um, doing some starts with the truck, like really basic things, kind of just seeing if you could take direction, really. Um, yeah, because it's not and, like uh, driving a normal car. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you're like strapped in, like you can't move your head. You could barely, I mean, you're technically using your left uh, arm to to steer and using right hand to, to shift it and stuff like that. So it's very, um, it's kind of weird, but uh, if you're claustrophobic, I don't recommend it. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so I did the audition process and I was kind of like, you know, if they hire me, that'll be super cool. If not, um, at least I say, I can say, you know, I got to try. Um, and so let's see, I did that in about August, um, 2019. And then by, let's see, October, I believe, um, they called me back and they're like, Hey, we want to go forward with the process. We'd you know, like to send you to the official like training camp. So they pretty much take, um, like the hundreds of people that they have uh, had auditioned um, then they break it down to about, I think there was maybe 10 of us. And then they send us to this week long camp essentially called Monster Jam University. <laughs> and they pretty much send us, I know it's so, it's so random, but this whole world exists. It's crazy. I'm like, not to interrupt <laughs> you, but I'm so blown away that you just like auditioned to be a monster truck driver. Cause that, how do you become, <laughs> like you become a NASCAR driver? Like, oh, I raced with my dad and I raced the circuits. I raced go-karts and then I did dirt yeah. track and then. This is like, oh, I went to a tryout and now <laughs> yeah. I'm a, like a career monster jam. I guess you don't call them monster trucks. You call them like monster jam drivers, right? Yeah, right. Because there's actually, there's like, there are monster truck shows out there. But then with Feld Entertainment, uh, the show that I'm a part of, the events that they put on is called Monster Jam. So like Feld Entertainment owns the rights to the, the name of it, Monster Jam. So we drive monster jam trucks, um, which Feld owns, if that makes sense. But yeah, so we pretty much go to this thing called uh, Monster Jam University um, out in the cornfields of uh, Illinois, and we spend a week there, and they literally train like 10 of us to do pretty much go through show run throughs So they'll teach us for, I think it was about a two-month process we would go for three days at a time 
um, spread out between three months. And uh, they would teach us like, you know, how to do, how to jump them, how to do some uh, sky wheelies where you pretty much hit like this dirt mound and send it straight up in the air and land on your rear two tires, um, racing them, uh, all the little basic stuff really. And so um, at the end of that, they essentially pick one of us to have the new seat for the 2020 season at the time. Um, so, and I, I was lucky enough to be that person. So I got to be the, uh, the new rookie of 2020. So, um, yeah, super exciting. That's kind of the, the process in a nutshell, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, so does that, crazy. does that mean you secure a spot for next year? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty much, once I get hired, um, and I'm, I drive for the, the zombie monster jam truck, <laughs> the one with the, the funny arms. Um, so yeah, once I, I was hired, like they, they pretty much hold on to you and pretty much until you don't want to do it anymore, to be honest. I mean, or unless you like really, really suck. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm just going to talk about monster jam the whole time, but no, it's all right. It, it's more of a show than a competition, right? Or is it a, every, every show is a competition? Truly, which I didn't, I didn't believe this first either. Just to be completely honest, I didn't know much about monster jam before getting into this. whole. I thing. don't know anything about monster jam other than just like Bigfoot, which probably isn't yeah. monster, but like, you, you know what I mean? Like the normal, what? probably most people know about i'm sure you've heard of great yeah. you know yeah. yeah exactly okay so yes i kind of was like oh it's just a show like they pick the winner of each event blah 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 and they really don't every show is truly uh, like a full-blown competition now the difference though is it's fan voted so when you go okay racing is real when we do we'll do side-by-side -side racing like around this this dirt pod right that's real like whoever wins that is they legit won which I love it. Cause I'm like all about racing. I'm like, yes. Um, but then when we go and do like a freestyle competition or a, a two wheeled skill competition, which is pretty much two minutes of going out and doing your tricks or whatever. Um, that's, that's pretty much fan voted. So if you go out and throw a big backflip, you're probably going to win because the fans obviously love seeing a huge monster jam track truck backflip in a small arena. <laughs> um, so if you have a if you have a fan favorite truck, you might be a little more favored, you know, whether you pull something big or not. Um, so that's sometimes where us, the drivers, will be kind of like, oh, okay, if you're going up against Grave Digger, you know, they'll probably win like donut competition or something. Yeah, it's you Grave know? Digger. You're not. You right. can't beat Grave Digger. Right. Right. I'm so intrigued by this. So, but you don't own the truck. So, like, why wouldn't you just go huck a backflip? Because, like, who cares? Like, you're not fixing the ball joints when they land bad. Yeah. No, you're totally right. Um. So you actually. They are the company trucks, and uh, I know everybody loves to, you know, watch everyone destroy the trucks and tear them down, burn it down, as you will, if you will. Um, but the company definitely keeps tabs on how much body damage you you have. <laughs> so essentially, it's okay if you're gonna like, you know, do some damage to it. But if you're out there driving recklessly and you know you're you're really, you know, racking up the the damage bill, then they'll kind of have a talking to you. But um, to actually do a backflip, you have to be approved. So you pretty much have to train um, at a facility to do the backflip, do it properly, do it consistently without getting crazy or causing building damage, stuff like that. Yeah, but and like non-COVID times, 100,000 screaming fans, a backflip <laughs> jump. Yeah, I no, mean, I, I guess. It, right? What's that? Don't you just gas it? <laughs> 
that's why I, I haven't backflipped it yet because I'm still a rookie. They're like, no, I, I need more practice on the basics. But it's stuff. just timing and it's timing yeah. more than anything. Like yeah, there's totally. enough power to flip that thing all day. There's enough traction. So mm-hmm. the right jump, which they know how to build. Yep. And you just fuck goose it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty. I mean, yeah, pretty much. Like that's the crazy part is driving a monster jam truck compared to like riding a dirt bike. It, it's, I, I kind of feel like a bit fearless in the truck, to be honest, because it's like, okay, I'm in a cage. I'm like literally strapped in. I cannot move. I mean, it jolts you. Don't get me wrong. If you have a, a hard hit to the side of the cage, like you'll feel it. But I mean, what, what's the saying? Like with age comes a cage sort of thing, you know, yeah. <laughs> like now I'm strapped into a cage. I'm like, man, I just want to send this thing, you know? Yeah, but, they engineered uh, this mach- this shell to fold around me. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, but don't get me wrong. I'm definitely, you know, I've literally had one season under my belt. Um, and I just drove in arenas, which you can only go so fast on the arena floor and so high and so far. Um, some of the stuff that they do in like a stadium, you know, like a huge football stadium where they can really get going pretty fast. Um, they've taken, I've seen some really hard slams, um, that some of the drivers have done. And I mean, there's injuries for sure, but Again, it's like, it's so different than motocross, you know, where you're just, it's just yeah, you it's and you. the motorcycle. You're you ragdoll. Yeah, you're going, your, your body's hitting the ground first. So it's wild. I'm, I'm so baffled that it's just an odd, not just an audition, but it's an audition. Like, I think, I don't know. I don't know what I thought. So that <laughs> I'm just fascinated, but, but I want to backtrack. You were in a, you were in like a traveling stunt show. Right? Yeah, it's like a like a circus kind of that I was on. Because <laughs> I remember like growing up, going to like our theme park or our amusement park. We had like a Batman spectacle or whatever, yeah. and there's men and women on dirt bikes like riding wheelies across. And I was like, how do you get that gig? Is, yeah, is that like what you were doing? Um, you know, it's kind of funny because it's sort of just like the opportunity just kind of arose you know it was like I I think I was in the right place at the right time when they were looking for some female riders to be a part of the stunt show and uh I actually raced x games in 2013 and uh yeah I think it was 2013 what what event it was the they had a women's supercross event so they called it like the women's moto x um which sadly they don't have anymore and they even took the guys event out too but they took snowmobiling out it's like they're I know I mean if you want to watch skateboarding sponsored by Harley Davidson, have at it, but it's just, it's right. money and it's fine. And that's great, but it's, yeah. I mean, it's unfortunately sometimes just how, how it goes in the sport, you know, especially like women's motocross. It's just like, it's really kind of taking a shit, but it's we can hard, get it's hard to get. Um, I actually just talked to her name's Kelly from, she runs over and out, which is an all female, yeah. um, motocross camp out basically dirt bike camp out and we talked about that and i and i think it's making a comeback but i think the women need to come out and this is easy for me to say but like in in droves because when a sponsor gives you know there's 70 men that show up and they pay till 10th place and there's five females that show up and they only pay till first and second and they're mad and they're like well so it's hard i get it and it, it stinks and i can't but I think yeah. the way to beat it is to show up like yeah, you have totally. 200 females show up and fans show up and that's. And I think too, a lot of people, 
like you said, it, it's easy to say like, oh, these girls need to show up. But I think what's happened since, um, cause I got to race it back in its heyday, really back in 2011, 12, 13, until 14, then I went on the stunt show, but you know, race, having to, being able to race against Ashley Filek, Tara Geiger, Jessica Patterson, Vicky Golden, you know, like the heavy hitters where there was always a battle and we had 40 women lining up at the gate that could successfully jump all of the jumps on a, a pro track, right? So when you have that, it's entertaining to watch. And not only that, but with MX Sports, you know, you're getting 40 women, like you said, that are paying an entry fee, that are paying for their pro card. So it makes a difference. But now, ever since, I don't know, I feel like 2014 was kind of the last year that they, that MX Sports even allowed uh, the women to race on Saturday with the pro guys. Since they cut that, like, a lot of women got pretty discouraged because they kind of just resorted back to having us race on like amateur days, you know, and it's still like, you know, for sponsors and stuff, it's still great that you're out there racing, but it's not the same. You're not getting like even a little bit of TV coverage. Um, you're not really presented like a pro, you know, like the guys are kind of just like, Oh, it's the, you know, it's the amateur class and there's some pro girls, you know? So I think that there's like, there's kind of been this gap between the level of riding with women too. Like, a lot of women started just saying like, oh, well, I can kind of go fast at the local track. Um, I'm a pro. And it's like, yeah, but can you go to, you know, Paula or, or uh, Fox Raceway on, you know, a Tuesday with all the fast guys and hold your own and jump all the jumps? Probably not. Like, unfortunately, there's not as many women that can do that these days. And I'm totally not dogging on the women either because it's really great. Like you said, I think there's a lot of women that are coming up too that are actually really fast. Like, I think there's, there's going to be young girls that are going to kind of be able to, to come out and be able to do that and be at that level again. Um, and I just think that sadly, a lot of women who are kind of at a mediocre level are kind of just being like, Oh, well, I want to say I'm pro. So I'll just pay money and be pro, but I could barely make it around the track. And I think that doesn't really look super great for us sometimes because, you know, there's like, there's like, the women that kind of make it around the track barely. And then there's a few of us that like, obviously just, we can, we can jump all the jumps and we can go fast and hold our own. Um, so there's kind of this gap. And I think. How do you think that you change that? that I know I, that's I, like an impossible question, but like, how do you like your, I mean, you left pro racing to join a stunt show. So like, clearly that was a better career move probably money probably stress so like mm -hmm. but that's i mean imagine a pro a male pro rider yeah quitting and joining a stunt like it probably doesn't happen because right they're on a factory ride and they're you even know. privateer teams like they'll make some money i mean it might not be a great salary but if you can make at least enough money to get yourself to go to the rounds and you know get some maybe some bonus money some other sponsors to help but yeah I, it's hard to say to be honest I feel like we just we need maybe some promoters out there that could hold um some races that are specifically for like pro level women that have maybe a purse um that would attract women to go to it um and oh, man it's hard because for example when I was younger and I wanted my you know my goal of course is to turn pro like I could look up to a lot of those fast girls like Tanya Satchwell and like I said, Jessica Patterson, 
all of them that Atara that were racing and they were like getting podiums and what the same day as the guys, stuff like that, because they had, you know, they were racing Hangtown and Washougal and all those races. Um, but now like the pro women, we don't have those races to go to. It's kind of like, okay, you can go race, you know, Mammoth or you can race Loretta's, but it's like, yeah, we did that as amateurs already. Yeah. We've and, done the Loretta's thing. We did that. Yeah. We earned and that. A pro first. So it's like, you're going to be pretty much racing at a pro level for no money. You know, it's, it's like at one point, you know, that's why I was like, man, the stunt show came up and I got to dress up as a superhero and, and look kind of silly and ride around on a stage, but it's going to give me health insurance and pay the bills. So, you know, it's just, it kind of is what it is, but yeah, there's also, there's like, it's also, it's, it's like, there's no incentive to get mm -hmm. better yeah. other than like your own, but like, you know, you're willing to take more risks to be that top level if you're getting paid to take those risks. Yeah, exactly. And, and even to like, keep going, you know, like I, I honestly, I didn't make any money racing pro. Like I had the help of my parents. I had some sponsors help. And other than that, I was working so I can keep funding it for myself, you know? So it's like, you know, one day if you have to be at the Hangtown national and then all of a sudden a weekend later, you gotta be at Southwick or something, you know, like, for a privateer, which is pretty much a majority of the women to begin with, except for maybe the top three or four, maybe um, that's on your own dime. And back in the day, like I said, when you'd have like 40 women show up at the gate, it was kind of like, all right, we'll televise it. It'll look great. You know, and to MX sports too, it's all about money. You know, they I mean, just, that's everything though. Everything's it, about money. It's the only way they survive, especially when you get to yeah. that level, like NBC yeah. sports is paying to have that broadcast. They're paying a lot of money. Advertisers are paying a lot of money. Mm -hmm. It's always fun watching the broadcast because you see like Husqvarna advertised, like chainsaw advertisements and like <laughs> fully curated ads for, but the, it's, yeah. it's all about money. That's, yeah. I mean, totally. that's the only reason that that exists on that, at that level. Right. At that level, like you said. And I, I think I, I, I think about this all the time because it's like, you know, I try to think like, is there something that I can do? And it's like, hmm. I don't know. I feel like I try to just, you know, trying, I, I mean, starting Moto Fit Club, we started training, like doing training camps and stuff to hopefully train like younger kids, guys and girls doesn't matter, but hopefully, you know, still being an inspiration to the younger girls to be like, no, you, you know, keep, keep practicing the jumps, keep going out there and, and riding on the motocross tracks. Like, don't be discouraged if you're the only girl at the local race, you know, just like keep doing it because I think hopefully at one point, you know, um, there will be more races that will encourage like, um, you know, pro women like, okay, Feld Entertainment, they, like I said, they, they produce Supercross, right? And they have Supercross Futures. And there's a lot, there's a, a lot of really fast women that sign up for the Supercross Future races, which I think is great, because, um, you know, don't necessarily have a pro women's class. But I think by them encouraging that and having an actual women's class for it, will hopefully get more girls to see like, oh, this is cool. You can kind of race on a super cross type track like the guys do. It kind of gives them something to, you know, hopefully work towards and continue to elevate their level of riding, which it's, it's just what we need. So that's a hard question. Yeah, I, I guess yeah I there's a no answer. There's no correct answer. It's just, it's interesting to talk about and see, because like men's sports are, they just throw money at it. And right, like, I know. But like they put money into the storyline and like there's probably so much fee or just as the male, like no more. But right. like if you write a good storyline between four females battling it out, 
Like that's what sells. Like it's not to the general public, like the people who follow it, follow it, but you know, they spend money on going to their homes and filming and like, okay, this is, this is not. And to me, it's even like, okay, it's the female. So she's like, she might have children and like, she's going out and racing on weekends to provide, like, it's a, it's a huge storyline that's just missed out on. Especially for women, you know, because like, especially in this day and age, it's like, you know, if I feel like the whole women empowerment thing, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it doesn't matter guy or girl, like, like you said, just the fact that like being a female in a male dominated sport is already like pretty cool, especially to be at, you know, a, an above average level. <laughs> so it's like, even when I go to the tracks, like the local tracks, it's, you know, I already draw attention to myself because I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily look like I'm riding like a female. So a lot of people watch me go by and they would be like, oh, who is that? Because, you know, I had gave a little style over a jump or something. And it's like, oh, that's a girl. And then it's kind of like the cycle of like, oh, there are girls out there that like can kind of ride at that level. You know what I mean? I mean, certainly not to like boost my ego or anything, but it's no, kind of just- I didn't get that. Yeah, it's just kind of good to continue to have like, um, you know, a few of us ladies go out there. And even if I race like a local race and I, I, I always sign up for the women's class, even if it's like just me or maybe me and like two other girls, because one thing I definitely learned is that you, I, you just always have to support the women's classes. And it's like, maybe I'll go out there and, you know, I can, I, the only competition truly is myself, but of course I'll sign up for a guy's class too, but it's still like, no, if we just continue to get out there and, and show like, Hey, there is a women's class, sign up for it, like come out, you know, just try to encourage more people to come out to it. I guess it's kind of the only thing that I could do on my, on my part, I guess. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's a never ending it's with it's with all sports, the male and female. Like the skiing exactly. is the same thing, and the right. snowboarding. It's like these people are hitting the same jump, and they're not getting half the money that the other people are. So it's, yeah, you know, it, not to beat a dead horse, but it's you know, it's yeah. I don't know what the fix is, and like I don't know how I could, and I, that's why I've been trying to like feature more females on the podcast because like one you guys have stories to tell but two like I think this will help like my I'm not saying we have like a giant but like there's been so many males on this thing and it's like let's get their perspective let's get a female perspective and learn and like especially in moto sports because it's such a male world like yeah totally totally yeah it's it's wild it's intimidating so my girlfriend she grew up racing motocross and like her little sister races motocross and they're all adults now, but they still race every weekend. And like, I remember the younger one, she's, she's probably 21 now, but like when she was 18, she would race the schoolboy, like the, or whatever. I think it was called schoolboy, but maybe that's 18 and under, but like she would win. And my favorite was to see how upset not only the kids were like the boys, but their parents that she yeah she was fast like she was fast so it was but it was fun it was like to me that's a motivator like the parents were mad that she was winning (laughs) and it's like no your kid's slower than a girl and like that's the stigma but like beat her be faster or like accept that she's good on a bike so it's it's been interesting to watch and they still race but they're you know they go for fun and they just enjoy it and it's cool to see 
what I've been really loving to watch, and I don't know all their names, but there's a lot of females entering the enduro cross world, like yeah. hard enduros. And I love that because you don't know, right? Like you can't, right. can't always tell that there's a girl on a bike, just like you and you're like buzzing by at the track. But yeah. like hard enduro, they just throw their bikes on the ground. And like, here's like this little, and maybe I'm stereotyping, but like this little like dainty girl and she just yeah. like brat like up like this unwalkable situation. So it's I yeah. feel like maybe there's some funding in that world for that because I've been starting to see it, which is nice. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I I don't know yeah. what the answer is. I don't. Nobody. Right. Does. Yeah. I mean, as far as motocross go goes, you know, like you said, I don't know. Um, but I mean, my my girlfriend Louise Forsley, she's uh, actually on the Sherco. The I was US gonna say she's factory, factory Sherco rider, right? Yeah, and her her background is like trials riding and i and that's why it just translates so well with hard enduro and enduro cross because they use like pretty much the same technique that you would as on a trials bike yeah you're just right? on a full size enduro. yeah and i think that's why they can get some funding and stuff like you said is because well number one they'll for the most part do the same course as the men that like even the pro men and, um, you know, there's not many women out there that can do it. It's pretty small. I mean, that whole little community is already pretty small, like hard and drill off-road riders. Yeah, know? it's a bizarre um, little world. It's so it's so wild. Like, I... I That's I my world. That's what I love. Like, you put me on a track, I can't do anything. I can't hit a jump. I can't, like, I don't understand. You put, like, boulders and junk and, like, root, I'm in. Like, that's... That, it's so fun. It's so, it blows my mind because I I look at that stuff, too, and I'm like, I, I don't know how you guys do it. It like scares me. Like I, like you said, I don't even think I could walk up half the stuff that you guys would go up or like, how do you even look at something and be like, yeah, I think I'm just gonna, you know, like send my bike up there. Like that's scary to me. I would jump jumps all day long before I start going through a rock garden or something. Yeah. My wheels don't leave the ground. Hopefully. <laughs> oh man. Well, it's, it's so crazy that the opposite worlds there are with, even motorcycles in general. I mean, like I said, a trials motorcycle. I don't know if you've ever ridden it. Have you ridden a trials bike? Yeah. It It's so hard. It's so it's much so fun. It is, but it's so like. It's just clutch. Control. It's just total control. Like it's just. And it's like, so it's touchy. And I mean, maybe it's just extra hard for me because I'm like, okay, the faster I go, like, you know, I keep my feet up off the ground and then trials is like, go slow and be super controlled with the clutch and the throttle and touch your wheel here. And then one inch this way, you know? Um, but it's so impressive what, what everyone can do even on a trials bike. And then, yeah, like you guys ripping up rocks and stuff. It's just, that stuff blows my mind. So I give props to any of you guys throwing your bikes around. Cause would that, you ever uh, do it? Would you ever enter a, Oh, Oh man. I feel like I, I'm such a, like a, uh, like a clean freak princess like when it comes to my dirt bike maybe because i'm from motocross so i'm just like oh i want it like nice and clean and keep all my stuff nice so when i look at you guys like oh i just trash it yeah just trash it like uh i was just I in moab like for two weeks and i like the number um, of times i just threw my bike at the ground was just like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's me or the bike so i don't care like yeah I, I feel like i would try it but not on my dirt bike <laughs> yeah right yeah you need a factory ride that's why i always laugh because i get you know all of jess's friends are motocross people and their bikes are like beautiful and they got graphics like i don't have any graphics because they're not gonna last a week like i'm not i don't do this for anything other than just me having fun so it's yeah, like yeah. 
I bought, you know, if I get the bike, I take those off, put yeah. like junk blank ones on and just trash yeah. it. And then I can maybe sell it at the end with like yeah, factory yeah. plastics again. Yeah. But like, um, yeah, it's, it is funny how different it is. Cause I couldn't imagine, I would love to ride a track and I would love to, but it's, in, it's intimidating. Like I'm, I'm yeah. not saying I'm a good dirt bike rider, but like I can ride a dirt bike. Mm-hmm. And like I wouldn't go to a practice night because those guys they're just like I need to go to like a private session where I can just like yeah, yeah. like yeah because I don't want to yeah. be a hazard either on the track like if someone's right. clearing a jump and I'm barely rolling it then right right and that's like like with when we started doing the Moto Fit Club like the training and stuff um, which Louise does she'll train like the trial side and the enduro cross side and then I'll train the motocross side and I think what's kind of cool is when we combine all those worlds together is like, like you said, we have a lot of people that, you know, come from just riding desert or riding like enduro stuff. And they say the same thing, like, Oh, the track is so intimidating. And so it's like, sometimes it's cool. Like uh, we, we, I ride a lot at Lake Elsinore, which is out here in, in you know, in SoCal and uh, the track's good. Cause they have a bunch of different tracks. They have like, you know, super beginner track all the way to the main track, like the pro track. Um, but it's cool when I can kind of train people or, or kind of help them like get past that intimidating feeling when it's like, I can go out there with them and ride with them and kind of give them the basics and, and the knowledge of like holding your line sort of thing, or I don't know, just teaching them the small tips and tricks, like to ride an actual motocross track so that it's a little less scary. Um, and they have, you know, a better form, proper technique, stuff like that. Um, so that, again, like even with younger girls, for example, it's kind of like, well, if your big brother is out there ripping around and you feel intimidated by that, it's like, well, let me kind of help you and guide you through um, learning the steps to be a better rider on the track. And then it will be less scary because you'll have, you know, the, the basic knowledge instead of just going out there scared to death, having all the wrong technique, you know, riding scared, riding, you know, poorly, like that kind of stuff. So I feel like it is definitely fun when I get to train some of the enduro riders because, you guys really, I mean, you guys are good riders. Like to get up those rocks and do the stuff you do, you have to be a good rider. I think it's just kind of learning the, the little bit different techniques, like in body position and throttle controls different, you know, the way you have your feet sometimes on the pegs a little different on a motocross track. And I think it's like, once I could kind of get them, give them that basic knowledge, then they get on the track and they're like, oh, okay, it wasn't as scary you know like okay i can kind of hold my own like send, certainly not trying to get people to like send it off these big jumps well but, right but you know, even just the, getting out there is yeah i'm gonna i keep because jess keeps telling me she's like because she i've tricked her into being like a woods rider now <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah and i still haven't gotten on the track and she's like you have to come on and i was like okay i'm I would love to, but, but I'll show up on like my, I maybe, maybe someday, but, yeah. and unpopular opinion, but four stroke ruined motocross, four stroke dirt bikes ruined motocross forever. And You're not wrong. I, I, I will hold true to that forever. So <laughs> I mean, you're definitely not wrong, but the two strokes are going, I mean, they're strong in the off-road hard enduro world. Yeah. It's all we have. It's great. Yeah. It's beautiful. That's all I can imagine ripping up those hills and shit. Yeah, like, oh. light, light with power. Side note, yeah. I think you and Louise, Louise, right? That's her name. Yeah. You yeah. guys should do like a film edit where like you take her on a motocross track and she takes you into like. Yeah, yeah. Like a I Freaky think- Friday type 
yeah. video. But I think it would like get Shirko to put some money in so you guys don't have to pay to do it. But like, yeah, yeah. I know. Like we've talked about it too, because I feel like, and I, I do kind of like, I kind of force her to ride the moto tracks. Like I'll bring her to the vet track and stuff. And she actually, it's only going to make her better. Yeah. And of course she's, she's damn good at that too. I mean, she's just good at all of it, but, um, and cause she's like, I want to get better at jumping. I want to get better at jumping. So I, you know, I try to help her with that. And, and I've been trying to ride some trials with her too. And, um, I mean, it's funny though, because like she'll get on the motocross track and she'll still have like some good style and she looks fine. But then like me trying to do like enduro stuff or trials riding, I just look like an idiot, you know, <laughs> but it's, a, I'm like, I just accept it. I'm like, you know, this is, this is very humbling, you know, I'm just like really not good at that stuff. But man, anything that you do though, like anything on a dirt bike, it's just such good training, you know, because there's like little things on a trials bike that believe it or not actually could help you on the motocross track. Like I truly think my balance has gotten a hundred times better from riding a trials bike and then getting on the motocross track, like with through ruts, like deep, long ruts, stuff like that. I feel like my balance is a little better. And maybe it's because, you know, I can practice a little bit better throttle control. I don't know, but, or maybe it's just in my head. Well, and it's just seat time. Like any time spent on any type of bike is even mountain biking. Like if you go and mount bike, like that's great for you on a moto. Like it's, exactly it's yep. you know and at the end it's just fun like i think we always forget that that we just have fun doing these things yeah it's is, like a love-hate relationship sometimes you know? i know sometimes i have to tell myself like this is fun as i'm watching my bike like skid down a hillside <laughs> i'm like this is fun like i'm having a good time and then you step and you like slip and then you're down and like yeah, but it, yeah. it's we're just i mean i i think that's with all sports action sports or whatever you want i hate saying it but like you know, skiing, like I'm a big skier and like, we're, we forget that we're just having fun. Like we're just sliding on snow. Like we're not, we don't have to make this anything more than that. Cause it's not yeah, yeah. like, right. And I mean, you're right. Like, I think we're all just like, we're all a little crazy anyways to do the stuff that we do, you know, like it's half the time. I might, it's like at school, you know, when you're younger and like there's kids that just, they don't, they don't care. They're like into the regular school sports. And then you have to tell them like, oh, well, I want to go ride my dirt bike. They just don't get it. You know, they're like, oh, it sounds kind of fun, but like you're, you're leaving again to do a race or, you know, you're going to camp in this motorhome for two or three weeks at a time with your family. It sounds miserable, you know, but I don't know, I guess, I think we just have a little screw loose or something, but I, uh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with it. I'm okay yeah. with it. I want to touch. We're going to talk about Moto Fit Club for sure, but I want to talk. We talked about the stunt show, but was there ever a time like that it was just easy and routine? Like, did you go out there every night and it's just the same? Like, oh, do a wheelie here, do a stoppy here. Like, it's just become life on repeat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, over the course of five years, we did two versions of the show. Um, here, hold on. Let me shut my. Let me shut this door because the floor is Gardeners are going. Um, sorry about that. Uh, right. So we did two versions of the show. The first version ran for about two years, and we did like 700 shows um, within that two years. And then the second one ran for the another like two and a half years, give or take. And that one also did like, um, I think it was like around 500, give or take shows. So at the end of it, um, we did 1,234 shows oh in total. In how so, many day, How many years? In, that was in five years. So it was nonstop. 
nonstop. Yeah. I mean, like we get, there were some in between contracts. Um, you know, sometimes we'd get like a month of a break. Um, or I think the longest break we had might've been two months ish, give or take. Um, and sometimes even in the middle of the contract, we might get like one weekend off or like a week off and then maybe one or two weeks off here and there. But when you're like going and you're on the road, it's literally like in, you know, we do shows on the weekend from Thursday to Sunday, we would do seven shows a weekend. Um, but then Sunday night we would literally travel to the next city. So you never go home in between. It's always just in hotels. And where were, where were these shows? Um, like, all over, no, but in I mean, arena. yeah, that's what I mean. Were they in like arenas? It was an arena show. Okay. Yep. It was an arena show. So we would play in like, you know, all the major cities, um, in, in their arenas. Um, so we would like pretty much go all over. We would usually start like. Um, let's see the first year we were kind of on, uh, kind of on the East coast, we'd work our way to the West coast. Um, at one point we were like on the West coast and we moved up. We did like six months in Canada from coast to coast. Um, we did six months in Europe. So we were like in the UK for a while. We were in Spain, Germany, Switzerland, um, man, we were all over. Then did the second get, year, did you get to see any of it or was it all just like, cause I've toured with yeah. like bands yeah. And you don't always get to see the places you are. And I've worked events right. all over the country and I still do. And like sometimes like I, so I've seen like I used to work for Ironman, the triathlon. I'm like, I've seen a lot of parking lots, oh, yeah. but like I never got to like go anywhere. It was just like in yeah. that parking lot. <laughs> so you had yeah, enough right. time where you could do some things at least. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, if we didn't have like a really extensive travel day, which our travel days were either, if it were Sunday night, we would get on a bus, drive through the night or Monday, we would have to fly to the next city. But then for the most part, we'd have Tuesday, Wednesday off. So once we got there, you know, we'd have about two days, sometimes three days to kind of go explore. So we definitely got to, um, you know, make the most of it, especially in Europe, because, you know, like when we were in London, we were actually in London for two weeks. We played at the O2 um, arena, which was super cool. Um, yeah, that's and so major. we had, yeah, totally. So that was cool. You have to just go and, and explore the city and go all the, do all the cool things. Um, let's see, uh, man, there's like so many places like Spain. We were in Spain for, I think we were kind of there for like, well, I know that was just one week, but you know, you kind of you just try to cram it all in, you know, and try to see as much as you can. Um, but yeah, it just, it goes fast and it just, uh, you know, I look back on it too. And there was days, especially in the States, you might go to kind of like a boring city, if you will, like, I don't know, some random, um, I'm trying to even think of like a boring one out like Mississippi somewhere where it's like, okay, you've been here before. It's like, yeah, what do you do? And sometimes those weekends, they kind of drag a little bit, you know, cause you're but just I feel like those fans are better cause they're not, they're excited that a show came to their town. Yeah, you're right. You're so right. Like LA, they everyone comes to LA. Everyone rolls through LA. Everyone rolls through Chicago. So like when yeah. these smaller, like, like when your tour stops there, they're like, thank you for showing up. Yeah. And you're so right too, because we can tell like in the show that we did, we dressed up as like Marvel characters. So it wasn't like Brittany Marcotte riding the motorcycle. You know, they don't, the crowd doesn't yell. Who did you, you play? They're just, uh, if you can I say played that. A bunch of different yeah, no, um, I, I was mostly like a, a villain on the show. Um, some of some of the characters I got to portray were like Black Widow, 
um, on the motorcycle. Um, I got to portray Spider-Man for a little bit for a hot second, which was kind of fun. Um, I was, but like I said, one of the villains, I don't know if you know Marvel. A, a little bit. I mean, I know the two little, you've mentioned. Yeah. Right. The common ones. Um, like Madam Hydra, she's like a villain. She's mostly from like a comic book stuff, yeah. but, um, I played her. She was pretty much the, tried to fight Black Widow the whole time. Um, <laughs> let's see who, I mean, yeah, there's like a lot of, a lot of like silly army characters that got beat up all the time, you know, like an alien kind of creature thing. And, and you played um, the same person every night for the most part until you like switched roles. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So you just, man, it, it's so repetitive, which like you said, sometimes it's nice because you just go out there and you could do it with your eyes closed pretty much, which I, I shouldn't even say that because we're doing stunt. We're doing like real stunts. So, you know, we don't actually close our eyes and we're doing it, but it's just going through the motions and, um, Man, it, it was a two-hour show. So sometimes you're running around, you're changing costumes, um, you know, you're uh, you're just sweating the whole time. But I loved it because it was like we get to you know do fun stuff on motorcycles. Got to crash motorcycles, you know, wheelies, nose wheelies, jumping them, the whole thing. And uh, you know, granted, you're in a costume or a mask or whatever, but you you're getting paid to ride a motorcycle. You know, like do this. Yeah, that's a cool this, like, gig. Yeah, heck yeah. So it was sweet. It was fun. Did, was there ever, did you screw up often? <laughs> um, like, oh, there, that was supposed to, that was supposed to wheelie across stage or like, I like, did you ever like flip over or like, I don't know. There's gotta be something that's like, I don't know. Yeah. You know what? Um, so like the stuff we did in the show, the motorcycle stuff, I will say was pretty easy. It was pretty basic stuff because well, I would say for, for all of us riders, because we're used to it, like, especially doing that many shows, like riding in between each other, like really quickly or really closely um, and crashing them and stuff. I mean, we'd have to crash motorcycles, like, and, and the crash would have to end at a certain point because there'd be somebody on foot, like right there. So a lot of the stuff we had to do was like super precise, but after doing it for so long, it was fairly easy. Um, so a lot of them, sometimes the mistakes that would actually happen um, or errors, I would say, were kind of from the bikes themselves. Like sometimes you would have a bike that wouldn't start or we would crash it. Like we would crash electric bikes. Um, and sometimes you'd, you'd have to pick the bike up after crashing it and quickly get to the next queue. And sometimes you would pick it up because it's all moving pieces, right? Everybody has to be in their spots, like at a certain queue in the music and blah, blah, blah. So everybody has to constantly be moving. So if one piece of that puzzle's not moving, you know, all of a sudden it's kind of like, oh shit, okay, somebody's bike isn't starting. What do we do? How do we improv? You know, you have to, you know, if my bike start like stalled at the, you know, downstage and all of a sudden two seconds later, I'm supposed to be upstage. Like, what do I do? You know, like, so sometimes that would happen, but um, we would make it work. We'd end up just running around or somebody would come over and jump off their bike and give me the bike if I were a main character and run around. Like there's, it kind of made it exciting because it was like, oh, something happened, you know, <laughs> it's kind of changing it up um but yeah we we just practiced it so much and of course with Feld like their number one thing is safety 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 so you know anytime somebody would go into a new role or whatever like there we'd have a lot of rehearsal we would make sure everybody was good so to be honest out of the thousand shows that we did we really didn't have um anything detrimental happen to be honest I know that's kind of a boring answer but no uh, I, <laughs> no I think you have a good answer just like bikes not starting and like just being off cue. Do you play to a track? 
Like, is it live or is it just like they press play and you just play to a track? Yeah, it's pretty much like a, a, a music track, pretty much yeah. with lines. So we would just pretend like we're saying those lines, which is the best because honestly, we would like rarely say the lines. We would be mouthing it, but we'd be yelling like, you know, profanity at each other half yeah, the time. Yeah, you're just having fun. Oh, yeah. That's what kept it fun because, you know, by Sunday after you've done six shows and you got one more show and you're tired and you're ready to be done with that city or whatever and you're ripping around you're kind of loopy already because you're tired from the weekend you know and it just kind of gets silly but um yeah like I said and we had such a great group of riders and stuff like uh, the whole cast that we had we had a pretty big cast there was like 50 of us on the cast so um there's kind of you know it's pretty abnormally large for most traveling shows but um, everyone was super cool. I mean, everyone was so professional at what they did. And so we definitely can sneak in, you know, fun, fun times when we're out there when we can. What's the <laughs> so, best day to see a show? Oh, for sure. Saturday night at seven. That's the best one. Yeah. Because I feel, so we would just say it's like three shows Saturday because we would have a show at 11, three and seven and you know, the 11, you the, the morning show, you're kind of like, all right, it's the first one of three. You're kind of tired. You're like, all right, let's just get it started. The, the 3 p.m. is kind of like, all right, we're halfway done, you know. And then by 7 p.m., like everyone's so hyped up on caffeine and it's Saturday night. So who knows? It could be like somebody's freaking birthday after or they're going out after. So it's kind of like, oh, yeah, Saturday night. So, yeah, Saturday nights are like I always tell that like, if my family or friends would come and be like, Saturday night at 7 p.m. You're going to see some wild shit happen. <laughs> That's amazing. I like that you answered immediately. I was like, I didn't think you'd have like a, such an answer for like Saturday night. That's the answer. Oh, yeah. Final or, answer. Put it in. Yeah. Sometimes. So we would have these things which were god awful. They were called six packs, which meant we would have three shows on Saturday and three shows on Sunday, which Ooh. usually we'd only have two shows Sunday. Um, if we had a six pack, which it, it's it's just it's a lot of shows. It's very physically demanding as you can imagine. So like, yeah, three Saturday is kind of like, Oh man, all right, we made it. But then to have three more on Sunday is like, Oh, but sometimes that, that 7 PM on a Sunday, if we have a six pack, that one could be pretty rowdy too, because then we're just extra excited that we're done for the weekend, you know? So it could depend, but um, man, we did, we just did so many shows. It was crazy. I, can't I sometimes imagine. think, how can I do that? Would you go back to it? Ooh, well, I'm going to tell you an honest answer right now, because when I was on the show was called Marvel Universe Live. And you know how I said, like, when we travel, we just we pretty much just live in hotels. We don't come home in between. So then when I got on Monster Jam, um, we would literally go do events on the weekend, like Thursday through Sunday. And then Monday morning, they would fly us home. Yeah, so you we got would get spoiled. Yes. So I totally got spoiled with Monster Jam. And I'm like, man, I just got to go Thursday through su- sometimes even Friday. I would fly out and we'd do sh- like events Saturday, Sunday. And then I'd fly home Monday and I could like ride during the week and kind of reset and be at home. Have a social um, life, not in your group yeah. of 50. Oh, yeah. Yeah, seriously. Um, So, man, I don't know. It, it was fun. But I once we hit the fifth year and they were actually going to take it overseas again, I just felt so um you know, you just, you kind of just know that's like the ending point, you know, kind of it ended in the States and I felt like, okay, this is my time to kind of end it and move on to something else. So I felt like once I closed that chapter, I kind of just like leave it closed, you know, although they do like, you know, we left on, I left on like really good terms on, uh, you know, honestly. And so they, they 
usually contact us to help train other people that are going to start on the show, stuff like that. So we still have like a really good relationship with that show, which I might even have to go back possibly in January to even like train some people on the show or whatever, like the motorcycle stuff. Yeah, so, I think that would be fun though, too. Even if you could do like a two week stint, it would be like fun to yeah. be like, maybe realize what you don't want to do so much anymore, but still like you love it, but you don't want to be life on the road sucks for anyone who doesn't like track. Like it's cool. It's amazing. Yeah. And very, I was, I've been very fortunate to like travel and do a ton and people are yeah. like, Oh, I'm just, and I'm like, ah, oh, I would just love to be, like done at five o'clock and like go <laughs> hang out on a patio with friends and you don't get that even when yeah, you're see, even an off day you have to like go to restaurants and like you're not like cooking at your house right and it's funny you say that because it, exactly like it's really hard to explain that sometimes to people that don't know what traveling in a bag seven days a week's you know, feels like maybe for a year, if you go on tour, it's kind of like, oh, this is exciting and fun. Maybe year two is kind of like, oh, we're going to new places. But man, three years into it, four years into it, five years into it, you're like, okay, you know, leaving home gets like a little harder every time because you just have to go and and do it. And don't get me wrong. I, I definitely was very thankful for it. It's put me in the position I am now. And uh, I definitely loved it. I don't regret anything of it. But like you said, I just I felt like my time with it was done and um, uh, man, just, yeah, all the traveling I got to do, I still really like traveling. I love going to different places, but um, but it makes me thankful now when I do get to go for like little bits of time. Yeah, and you <laughs> can't sure. complain about it, which is like really hard. People like complain about work. I'm like, yeah, my day sucked too. They're like, you're in California. And I'm like, yeah, I can have a bad day too, man. Like I'm not home. Yeah. People are like, you get to do that. And I'm like- Yes. Yeah. They're yes, like, but you can't. For... Right. They're like, oh man, you get to be in Europe for six months. That's so cool. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not in Europe like vacationing every single day. You know, like again, I can't complain. Definitely can't complain. Right, but, but it's yeah, it's definitely it's one of those gigs different. you can't complain about because you're like, you get to ride your dirt bike. And you're like, yeah, but I've done the same thing for a thousand days in a row. So like, imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine taking something you love that's so much fun and somehow ruining it. <laughs> like. But yes. no, that's amazing. And thank you for talking about it. Cause it's yeah, fast. It's just wild. And I love <laughs> talking about stuff like that. Cause it's just, there's people at home. There's people driving who are like, I want to do something like you can go do that. Like there's, you could be the light guy in that show. Like if you don't have any dirt bike skills, you could be the light guy or be whatever, you know, like there's, you could be the mechanic. Like there's so yeah, many real. things that are happening that, you know, I say that about, about cameras, about photos, like everything you see, someone's taking a picture of it for money. Right. It's their job. Like that's what sure. they do for a living. So yeah. it's fun to talk about and find other things. Plus monster trucks, which is rad. Let's <laughs> talk about moto fit club. Um, what is it? I don't know too much about it. I know a little bit about it from just creeping, but like, yeah, yeah, for sure. So moto fit club is, this is kind of a, uh, a, a, a child that was developed during the COVID times, you know, <laughs> it was, it was kind of a product of that because, um, so I have a twin sister, her name's Brianna and, um, me my twin and my girlfriend, Louise, we all live in this, just this condo and we're always in and out, but then COVID hit and we were all just kind of like together and we're like, man, we don't like, 
I was driving monster trucks, right? And then got shut down because of COVID. And my sister actually was the production stage manager on Monster Jam too, which was super cool. Um, and so she was out of work and, uh, and same with Louise. So, so we're kind of like, we've trained people like before, you know, um, for, for side money to, uh, you know, help paying for racing and blah, blah, blah. And so we're like, what if we just kind of put them all together and, and just call it something cool, you know, like Moto Fit Club. And we're like, man, it sounds kind of cool, you know, like just like a club where it's not, I mean, it's obviously inclusive for everybody, but, um, you know, we can just make a cool website and we can just make it sort of like a training service that caters to like people who ride enduro, people who ride trials, and then people who ride motocross, and then just kind of make it a one-stop shop and this website that my sister actually created, which is really good. Um, and people can go there and just sign up for like, you know, one-on-one -on -one training sessions, or we'll put out like camps and stuff. So we kind of just put all of our, our skills and passions together, um, which is like teaching other people how to ride or or training riders at any level. Um, and uh, yeah, kind of just making a thing of it. And it actually took off pretty well. Um, I think just because you kind of combined three different disciplines, it kind of got a lot of eyes on it. And uh, which is really humbling because we kind of made it, we, we created it and we were like, you know, if people like it, cool. And if they want to be trained by us, that's really cool. And if not, then, you know, no harm, no foul. So um, it cost us literally nothing to start it. And it's something that we're all like passionate about. So, you know, when we put on like a training camp, like for example, um, if I put on one at a motocross camp, it's kind of like, I already am at the track all the time. I love meeting new people and new riders and, and then me just training them for a few hours and seeing their progress and stuff is so rewarding to me. It's like, like you said, it's kind of like, it doesn't really feel like work really. Um, and it's not like we make a, a, a shit ton of money from it and that's not really the reason why we did it but um it's something that's just it gave us something to do with our time and our skills and stuff and uh i think it's cool it kind of almost makes like this little uh, you know it's like a club i guess that's kind of the, the moto <laughs> yeah, fit club it's a club. like yeah it's like whenever people come train with us they they meet other people that were at the camp and um and then you know now they're friends and we're friends with them and it's kind of just this big like it's almost turned into like the, when people come out, they kind of just, it's like a hangout or like a ride day. And then, you know, we train them too. So they have fun, like learning how to ride better and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it's pretty much um, the gist of it. I mean, if people go to motofitclub.com, it pretty quick, you'll see like what we have to offer for training and stuff. And, um, you know, of course we sell t-shirts and all that fun stuff. And my sister, uh, Bree, she made the whole website. She's like, She's so creative. She got the creative gene out of the two of us for sure. Like she's so good. She made that whole website from scratch. She She's a really good um, videographer and she edits all the videos you see and does all the photos. She's like, she is so good with all the camera stuff that I, it's like a different language. I'm sure, you know, like doing photos and stuff. I have like no idea, <laughs> but um, my sister's really good at that. So like I said, we pretty much just all came together and put our passions together and we're like, all right, let's just like, you know, teach people how to ride and make it something cool that, you know, people like it. Cool. If not, then <laughs> we'll just be around. Yeah. Know? We're so, still here. So yeah. will you take it on the road or do you do like, do you go to certain events or is that the plan to go to certain events? I know everything's it, weird right now. Cause like, we're finally, we're getting open, but like, we're still kind of in limbo. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. We, 
right now, like for me, I've kind of been keeping it local at this point. Um, but we did, we did do a trip where we went up north, we went up to like Washington and we, we picked a track up there and we did a, a camp up there, which is super cool. Um, Louise travels a lot more with her racing schedule. So um, what she can do, which is cool, is like if she goes to a race or, or an enduro, um, like uh, the Tough Like Roar in uh, Hard Enduro, for example, um, after that race is done, like I believe on the Sunday or Monday or whatever, she can host a camp, which she, I think she did that last year. And so everybody that even rode or raced the Hard Enduro can stay and then take her camp, you know, afterwards. So she's trying to put more of that, like kind of logistically figure out and do that on top of her busy racing schedule. So Sometimes with her schedule, it's kind of hard. That's why when the three of us kind of started doing it, we were kind of just helping each other, like, you know, organize things. And that's where my sister, she's really good at that stuff. She's like the computer, like she's, she's like the manager. Kind of, she's totally the manager. Like she'll tell us like, Hey, post this or promote this or Hey Lou, don't forget you have like a training on, you know, Wednesday or blah, blah. So it's a, we have a good team for sure. Um, it would be cool to, hopefully expand more and, and travel a little bit more and do some some training camps and stuff but I mean now that even I'm getting like a little bit more busy with stuff um you know it's kind of hard to like you said with things opening to have the schedule to plan a lot of camps and stuff but we try to do it when we can so um just kind of keeps it relevant but is, maybe in the is monster jam happening yes so I have some weekends coming up at the end of August, beginning of September, um, but I don't know exactly where they're going to send me yet. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this, but I am going to be driving then. Uh, I just don't know exactly where. So it is slowly coming back. Um, and then I have like trying to be in stunts for like movies and TV and stuff. Like sometimes you just never know when you're going to get a phone call to, you know, go somewhere for a week or two weeks to, to do a stunt gig or something. So like I said, now with things opening with COVID, like I think my schedule is going to get a little tighter. Um, so the Moto Fit Club camps might not be as abundant as we would like it, but when I'm home, it's still fun. You know, like you, it, it's, if I'm going to be riding at the track or if I'm going to be home for the day, I'd rather just be at the track anyways. Cause you know, we're all a little crazy. So <laughs> it's I just a passion it. project, which, which means it'll yeah. probably work out great because you're all passionate about it. And that's what, yeah. you know, three years from now, it'll be like, Oh, this is all I do for a living now is this, exactly. but yeah, exactly. it's funny that you say the scheduling thing. Cause it's so like, things are starting to happen. So you like, mm -hmm. you want to say yes to everything. Cause there's work available, but like, I'm falling into the situation where I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. And then someone else calls me for some other gig. And I'm like, oh no, like, conflicted and you're like, oh man, it just, yeah. When it rains, it pours sometimes, which is like not a bad thing, you know, but. Oh, it's, it's great. Like, and I'm fortunate to get the call, but like. Yeah. Yeah. Three days ago, I didn't have anything lined up for the next two weeks. And now literally in the last two days, three days, I'm flying to California on Sunday for a week. I come home for like three days and then I fly to Kansas for a week. And oh, it's like, wow. but it's like, that's how it's going to happen. Right. Like, it's going to be like, Oh, I haven't. Oh, cool. I haven't done anything in a year. You could have called <laughs> like, which nobody has, but it's going to be an interesting layout for the next couple year, yeah. the next year here. Cause no one's booking things in advance. No one is like, Oh, in November, we're going to have this big event. And we're like, we hope we can have this big event in November. So 
Right, right. Yeah. And then it's like with all these events and concerts and blah, blah, blah happening, like you said, it's like everyone's all of a sudden like on each other's backs with scheduling. And it's, I think, I mean, yeah, like even my schedule just in August, I had nothing planned. Now my whole August is even end of July is now full and half of September, which even once that happens, it could be now everything's opening. So then it's like more, more, more. So, which is good because I, uh, yeah, like I'm sure you're the same. It's kind of like, man, I, I like working. I like doing stuff, traveling. Like I'm so used to being go, go, go. Um, but I will say it's been sort of nice to take advantage of kind of not like being forced to go anywhere because now I can just ride. <laughs> right. So I, yeah. I, I just went to Moab I, for two weeks and just rode my dirt bike. Like, Exactly. And it's like, you, you have no excuse, like you, that you like, you know, not to go ride. And I know that's not going to last. So I'm kind of just taking advantage of like being able to do this now. Yeah. And even uh, friends, like my friends and I went, we did a 800 mile bicycle trip and I was oh, like, yeah, guys, when is the last time that like six of us mm-hmm. will have 10 days to do whatever we want? Yeah. We did it last year in, in August, but like, this is never yeah. going to align. Like it'll never work like this again, where yeah. no one has to burn vacation. Like their wives don't have to burn vacation to watch the kid. Like, this is it. This yeah. is our moment in our life where we can like go. And we yeah. did. And it was, it was amazing. And it's like, I mean, there was highs and lows for sure. Six people traveling is always a, but it was yeah. like, that's what makes it the adventure. Oh, it's, it's we're all closer now because of it. But it's like, when are we ever going to be able to? That's like the good of COVID. It's like, when are you going to yeah. be able to do that? And like, we were yeah. all like quarantined for like two weeks before we went. And then we all met and like went on our bicycles and rode and <laughs> camp. So we didn't see anybody. So because we yeah, yeah. it, it was it was wild, but it was. Yeah, it's there's always good and bad to everything. But now the schedules are going to get crazy for the people who are freelance or into gig work, or it's just going to be like, okay. And you're not going to say no to it. Cause you haven't done yeah. anything. And you, and you can't, at this point you almost can't say no. Right. No. Cause it's, if you say no, then bam, right onto the next person. Yeah. You know? I'm ready. I, when the monster truck additions happen, <laughs> I am in yes. I will, whatever I got to do. I'll change the tires so they can go on the trailers. <laughs> That's, See, that's somebody's dream job right there. I don't know I'm if it's my dream job, but I need work. So, no. <laughs> not sure, but man, the, 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 all the people on Monster Jam, I will say from the, the staff to like the whole crew and mechanics, they just freaking love it. I will say like, I didn't know anything about Monster Jam. I was like, what is this? Like, I, I thought it was, to be completely honest, which anybody listening to me might hate me for saying this, but I thought it was like, just kind of like a nerdy, like, oh, Monster Trucks. Yeah. Like you got to be like really into it or whatever. Like I literally had never even seen a show before. And then next thing you know, I'm sitting in the driver's seat of this freaking truck. And I'm like, dude, I, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I, I could see why people love it now. You know, like people get, they're so into it. And it's I think just it's a cool. spectacle. Like there's it nothing. Is. It's just like good old fashioned, like raw power, loud, like, yeah. there's not like, I don't care who you are. You're excited about it. Like you might not follow it or, but like, that's insane. I think the best goal, the best job at Monster Jam is the announcer because you just have like the worst, and this isn't a shot at any of them, but like the worst generic, loud, grungy announcer voice, and you're the guy or girl. But like, yeah, like everything they taught you in vocal school, like throw it, like, no. Right. And it's 
as soon as the host, which is what they call like the announcers, the host, you know, if they get excited about something, like the crowd is just freaking out. Yeah. Like the, half the time, the crowd doesn't even always know exactly what you're even doing out there. Like I'll roll out and I'll be doing like a little kind of like a parade lap before I start. And people are like freaking out because they're just seeing that the, you know, the zombie truck that they have all the toys of at home, you know, they're seeing it in real life. And it's, like you said, it's totally such a spectacle, you know? And the kids are so cute. Like they will, I can see them from my truck sometimes and they are like screaming as loud as they can, jumping up and down. I've seen them cry. I mean, they'll be like crying. They are so excited. And it's, I mean, how, like, how could you not think that's cool? You know, like, even if you hated Monster Jam, like if you- I don't think you could though. I don't think you could hate Monster Jam. Like I could understand not following it, but like no one hates Monster Trucks or Monster. Like, it's just, it's like- Wild. It's just yeah it's just a spectacle like it's just why because we can and that's why we do it and like that's so america too just like put oh. the biggest thing in this tiny arena and like do stuff that you just never think that yeah what about do. ventilation don't yes. worry about ventilation it's amazing uh Brittany, where can people follow you where can they follow moto fit club where can they follow whatever monster jam, whatever you're doing, where can they find what you're doing? Heck yeah. It's uh well, of course I'm all over social media. My account is at Brittany Marcotte 33. And um, of course we have an Instagram for moto fit club as it is. Moto fit club mm -hmm. is the Instagram. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. I I'm pretty much all over that monster jam. I know I'm going to be back there soon. So if you, if you like monster trucks at all, you want to follow monster jam, you might see me on there um every once in a while but um yeah i i love when people follow me and um i try just anything i post on instagram is real it's what i do so um you know i, I have a pretty crazy cool life that i feel really lucky to to live out every day so i document what i can and throw it out there and <laughs> and uh yeah i have a good time so um and it's cool to link up with you on you know via social media so thank you very much and i really appreciate you having me on here and just talking about all the crazy stuff we love so yeah thanks thank for you. taking the time and just telling your story because it's so refreshing to me to just like not talk about the normals basically like yeah, totally. i hate to say the normals but like oh i'm a stunt driver yeah. rider athlete yeah motocross rider so thank you so much for taking the time this was great Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. So there you have it. Episode 17 of The Pursuit on the Out of Bounds Network with Brittany. Like, subscribe, tell us what you think. Comment on our posts. Comment on Brittany's posts. Comment on my posts at Mr. Adam X. Follow at Out of Podcast. You know, do what you can. Like, shares, reviews. Those help friends. Help your friends. Friends helping friends. People helping people. Hope you guys all have a great weekend. Um, that's it. Peace.